Hearing God, 25 Biblical Ways God Speaks by Dr. David C. Harabedian. Introduction. God, who at various times and in different ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, New King James Version. Years ago, after reading a series of Christian books on the subject of faith, a sudden boldness came over me, and I spoke out loud, God, I want to teach your people faith. Instantly, God responded by speaking through the still small voice of the Holy Spirit into my spirit, I would much rather you teach them to hear my voice. His response took me by surprise. Was faith not all that important after all, I thought? This drove me to the scriptures to further test the spirits on this word from the Lord. The more I studied, the more I discovered how important faith is to God. This perplexed me. Why would God rather me teach His people to hear His voice than teach them faith? I studied more. Everything seemed to point to faith. In fact, I concluded that almost everything happens by faith and grace in God's kingdom. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11.6 Your faith has saved you. Luke 7.50 Your faith has healed you. Luke 18.42 Your faith has made you well. Matthew 9.22 The just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11 According to your faith, let it be to you. Matthew 9.29 Great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. Matthew 15.28 We have the same spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 We are saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2.8-9 We receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3.14 the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, Romans 1.17, and so on. After reading these and other verses like them, I wondered if I'd heard God correctly when He said, I would much rather you teach my people to hear my voice. I pondered God's statement for quite some time before finally understanding what He truly meant by this. God wasn't nullifying the importance of faith. Just the opposite was the case. I just couldn't see the forest for the trees yet. God was graciously showing me a higher principle, a principle for every one of us as God's people in Christ. God was unveiling the source of all real faith. Let me share the secret with you. Paul, a man of great faith, said, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10.17, New King James Version. Said another way, Faith comes to us by hearing God's voice. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew 4.4 Is God still speaking today? For I am the Lord, I do not change. Malachi 3.6 Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8 Jesus is our shepherd. John 10.2 and his sheep hear his voice, John 10, 4 and 27. Since Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, Hebrews 12, 2, the key to genuine faith is Jesus. 
keeping our eyes on Him, and listening for His voice speaking to us. Because Jesus is the Word made flesh, John 1, 1 and 14, the most common way faith comes to us is by reading the Bible, God's written Word recorded for us. True faith comes when the Holy Spirit quickens, which means highlights or otherwise illuminates a verse, story, or passage of Scripture to us while reading the written Word of God, the Bible. Another way true faith fills our hearts is by hearing the voice of God speaking to us in a number of other biblical ways, such as dreams, visions, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, messenger angels, etc. Remember, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, Matthew 4.4. As Christians, our very lives are lived by what proceeds and continues to proceed from the mouth of God. For in Him we live and move and have our being, Acts 17.28. Are you hearing His voice? Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, John 10.27. Are you one of His sheep? Or possibly you're still just a baby lamb. If you're not recognizing, hearing, heeding, and obeying the shepherd's voice yet, I believe God is bringing encouragement today to help you grow up from a lamb into a sheep, from a convert into a disciple. The real scripture litmus test of spiritual maturity is this, recognizing God's voice speaking to us and obeying what he says. And his sheep follow him, for they know his voice. John 10.4. This is how we grow from converts into disciples, by being able to distinguish His voice from all the other voices of the world. How do we live the Christian life? By every word that proceeds and continues to proceed from God's mouth. Matthew 4.4. Chapter 2. How Does Jesus Speak Today? Hearing God is the key for every miracle. Genuine faith for every miracle comes through hearing and obeying whatever Jesus tells us to do. In fact, the very key to unleashing the miraculous is found in the story of Jesus turning the water into wine. Mary told the servants, Whatever Jesus says to you, do it. John 2.5, New King James Version. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. Verse 7. Then Jesus gave them a second instruction, and he said to them, Draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. Verse 8. After obeying both instructions, it released a miracle, turning water into wine. When the master of the feast tasted the water made into wine, he declared, You have kept the good wine until now. This is the key that unleashes the miraculous, doing whatever Jesus tells us to do. Have you been hearing and obeying his instructions to you? Let me give you one more illustration. Why did Peter have faith to walk on water? Because he heard Jesus speaking. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So Jesus said, Come. And when Peter had gone down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Faith to walk on water came to Peter from hearing the Master speak. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10.17. Faith to continue to walk on water remained intact if Peter kept his eyes on Jesus.
When Peter took his eyes off Jesus, his focus changed from the supernatural to the natural circumstances, and he sunk. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me! Verse 30. The same is true today. Faith initially comes by hearing God speak. This faith is sustained by keeping our eyes on the sea walker during life's storms to the contrary. How does Jesus speak today? God speaks to us through the agent of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Before Jesus went to the cross, he prophesied, When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. John 16:13, New King James Version. Since the source of all true faith comes from hearing God's word, and the Spirit of truth is the same Holy Spirit that lives within every Christian, then we can all hear the voice of God today. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John 10:27, New King James Version. Are you ready to learn how to hear his voice? If so, read on. The most common way in which God speaks to us is through the written word, the Bible. This occurs about 90% of the time. If you're not already daily reading the Bible, I encourage you to begin today. This helps better position us to hear God's voice speaking to us through His infallible written word. While reading and studying, the Holy Spirit will then illuminate or quicken a specific verse or passage, causing it to literally lift off the page to us. This usually indicates God is trying to communicate with us. Have you been listening? Most Christians have experienced God speaking to them, whether young or mature, whether lambs or sheep. Possibly you've experienced something like this while reading the Bible with God or at a Bible study with others, but didn't recognize until now that this quickening was the Holy Spirit speaking to you. When we learn to hear His voice quickening us through the written word, He will also begin to speak to us in several other biblical ways. As we are faithful with a few things, God is faithful to give us more as He carries us from faith to faith and from glory to glory as He changes us into the image and character of His Son. 2 Corinthians 3, 17-18 Being changed into the image of Jesus is the Father's desire. This comes by faith, and faith comes by hearing God speak and then obeying what He's saying to us in that hour. The Bible indicates the Holy Spirit also communicates the mind and heart of the Father through at least 25 other ways. Often, we talk to God in prayer, telling Him all our problems and needs, and this is certainly good, but true faith has two sides, faith and patience. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises, Hebrews 6.12. True prayer involves not only talking to God, but also listening to Him. Sadly, we rarely wait long enough to hear Him speak back. The Bible says, Be still and know that I am God, Psalms 46.10. Those who wait upon the Lord, He will renew their strength, Isaiah 40.31, New King James Version. Are you remaining still during prayer and waiting before the Lord? If not, this may be the hindrance to hearing Him speak. As you study the following seven ways in which God speaks, 
I believe God will reveal two things. One, that He's already been speaking to you. And two, that He desires to speak to you more and more so the two of you can more deeply develop your relationship with each other. Can two walk together except they're in agreement? Amos 3.3 I believe God wants to bring us into agreement with heaven's will so we can effectively release God's will into the earth. His will is that none perish, but all come unto repentance. 2 Peter 3.9 Do you want to know His will? Do you want to be able to hear His voice, to release heaven's plans and purposes into the earth? If so, let's pray together now. Father, I desire to learn how to hear, understand, and obey Your voice. You say that your sheep hear your voice. By faith in Jesus, I am one of your sheep. I desire to grow from faith to faith so that I can be changed from glory to glory into the image and likeness of Jesus. I want to be able to effectively pray your will into the earth so that none will perish, but all will come under the saving knowledge of the truth. I ask you now to begin tuning my spiritual ears to hear your voice above all the other voices of the world. I want to develop from a lamb into a mature sheep. Take me to the next growth level in my walk with you. I desire to learn how to go from milk of the word to strong meat from your hand. Because your word says you are no respecter of persons and you show no partiality, I fully expect to begin hearing your voice regularly from this day forward. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Chapter 3, Seven Reasons We Don't Hear God Speaking, with scriptural cures for each. The Bible indicates there are several reasons for not hearing God speak. These can also hinder or distort our God-given ability to hear His voice accurately. These are fairly evident and self-explanatory. For additional study, refer to listed scriptures. Number 1. Unrepentant sin. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear you. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. The cure is repentance and confession. 1 John 1, 9 and 10, and Psalm 51, 1 to 19. Number two, unbelief. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. John 6, 40. Jesus left there and went to His hometown, accompanied by His disciples. When the Sabbath came, He began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard Him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Mark 6, 1-3. The cure is repentance. 1 John 1, 9 and 10. And asking God to help us with our unbelief. Mark 9.24 Number 3. Feelings of Unworthiness Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The cure is knowing the truth. Romans 8.1 1 John 3.20 and 21 
you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.37 Number 4. Unforgiveness When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Mark 11.25 The cure is forgiving yourself and others. Mark 11.26, Matthew 6.12 Number 5. Anger towards God The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8, 6-8 The cure is repentance and asking God for His love in our hearts. 1 John 1, 9 and 10 and 4, 19 Number 6. Fear Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Proverbs 29.25 The cure is repentance and asking God for His love and faith in place of fear. 1 John 4.17-18 and 2 Timothy 1.7, also 2 Corinthians 4.13. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7, New King James Version. Number 7. Idolatry Some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat down in front of me. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts and put wicked stumbling blocks before their faces. Should I let them inquire of me at all? Therefore speak to them and tell them that this is what the Sovereign Lord says. When any of the Israelites set up idols in their hearts and put a wicked stumbling block before their faces and then go to a prophet, I, the Lord, will answer them myself in keeping with their great idolatry. Ezekiel 14, 1-4 For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. 2 Thessalonians 2, 10-12 the cure is repentance and asking God to cleanse you from idols, hidden sin, and secret faults. See Psalms 19, 12, and 13, and Psalm 51, 1 through 19. Chapter 4 25 Ways God Speaks Today. Number 1 Quickening of the Holy Spirit. Psalms 119, 25, 50, and 107, King James Version. The first and most common way God communicates to us is through His written Word. I believe this accounts for the highest percentage of God's communication to His people. This is my comfort in my affliction, for Thy Word hath quickened me. Verse 50. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Verse 105. Quicken Thou me according to Thy Word. Verse 25. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He quickens us through His written Word. To quicken means to make alive, revive, or bring to life. When we are faithful to read and study the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit is faithful to teach us. Whether lambs or sheep in our maturity level, the Holy Spirit meets us at our own level and raises us to the next level and the next and the next. While we grow in righteousness from faith to faith, none of us ever fully arrive in this life. 
The Christian walk is an ongoing growth process from glory to glory. We are always learning more. Because of this, the same verse of Scripture we've read a dozen times before will suddenly come alive as the Holy Spirit illuminates, teaches, convicts, or directs us to some sort of action. It may be something as simple as fasting. When we obey this prompting, God's blessing will follow. The Holy Spirit may have just convicted you while hearing this last sentence. If so, this is likely God's voice calling you to a fast. Stop here and ask Him how long He wants you to fast and for what reason. Then, do whatever He says. Always remember, the primary way in which God speaks to His children is through the quickening of His written word. All other ways in which God speaks will come into alignment with His written word. Even when Jesus, our example, spoke to the disciples on the road to Emmaus shortly after His resurrection from the dead, He quickened the written word to their hearts. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while He talked with us on the road and while He opened the Scriptures to us? Luke 24:32, New King James Version. Once we're familiar with the written word, the standard for testing all other revelation, God will also begin speaking to us through a variety of other spiritual ways to provide us with specific details for our lives and the lives of those around us. He might tell us a specific person to minister to and how to do it to bring them to Christ. Or he might tell us who to marry, what house to buy, where or when to move, what stock to invest in, whom to do business with, and who not to do business with, how much and where to give financially, what ministry, the timing, and for what purpose. He may give us specific instruction on how to lay hands on a sick person to release heaven's healing power, administer deliverance, or how to pray for someone otherwise effectively. When God speaks such specific things, we can search the written word for confirmation. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, 1 John 4, 6. With this foundation properly established, we now move on to the various other ways God speaks to us today. Chapter 5. Number 2. Internal Unction. The second most common way God speaks to us is through the unction of the Holy Spirit. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. 1 John 2.20 King James Version. The Holy Ghost unction enables us to know things supernaturally that cannot otherwise be known or naturally explained. As we mature, the unction of the Holy Spirit will begin to provide more detailed information through the revelation gifts of the Spirit, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, and prophecy. See 1 Corinthians 12, 7-10. While we are still baby lambs, the Holy Ghost unction will usually come with less details than this, and often in more subtle ways. For example, we might find ourselves saying, I don't know how I know, I just know. This is usually the Holy Spirit's unction giving our hearts a witness that something is true. The Holy Spirit might also give us a check or caution in our spirit that something's not true or is in error. One preacher describes this internal unction as the green light that tells us to go, the red light that tells us to stop, and the yellow light that says proceed with caution. Some people refer to this as being their intuition. 
Still others refer to this as the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. The King James Version of the Bible calls it the unction of the Holy Spirit. The New International Version calls it an anointing from the Holy One. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. 1 John 2.20, New International Version. Some Christians say, I just know in my knower. Regardless of the terminology we use to identify this avenue of God speaking to us, biblically, we can agree that the source of this internal knowing is the third person of the Trinity. This is the Holy Spirit communicating heaven's will to our human spirit so we can effectively live the Christian life. When we obey God's voice speaking to us through this inward way, things usually work out well. When we ignore or disobey this unction, things many times turn out very badly. Most prisoners I've spoken with have said, I knew something was wrong just before I got arrested, but I ignored my gut feeling about it, and here I am. God even speaks to sinners through such conviction at times to warn them of impending doom. I know He clearly spoke to me this way while I was deep in sin, but I shrugged it off and disobeyed. Here I am too. Or, at least that's where I was when I wrote this, I ended up in federal prison. Thankfully, I repented, and God redeemed it beyond anything I could have ever dreamed. He enabled me to touch millions of lives around the world through my true story, Jet Ride to Hell, Journey to Freedom the first in a series of 15 books in the Freedom from Bondage series Holy Spirit inspired me to write. The adage applies here. Fool me once, devil, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. May we all learn to recognize and heed God's voice speaking to us today and every day in the future until Jesus' return. Chapter 6 Number 3 Perceiving this is similar to an unction, but it usually comes with more details. Before Paul boarded the ship as a prisoner on his way to Rome, he advised the captain, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Acts 27.10, King James Version. Paul received a word of knowledge that provided him with specific details concerning disaster and loss if they proceeded further on the voyage. The Holy Spirit provided Paul with an inward perceiving that things were about to go awry. The centurion of the ship ignored Paul's words of warning. The centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. Verse 11. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5-6 Because the centurion disobeyed the inward perceiving Paul received from the Lord, the ship and its 276 passengers later sailed into disaster. When this occurred, because Paul had previously announced the problem, Paul was about to speak a second time with more authority. Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and occurred this disaster and loss, verse 21. Paul not only spoke a second time, but also began to fast and intercede during the storm, praying for everyone's deliverance. Fourteen days later, God responded to Paul's prayer by speaking again. This time, God sent Paul a visitation from a messenger angel with additional instructions from heaven. Do not be afraid, Paul. 
you must be brought before Caesar, and indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Verse 24. Paul communicated God's message to the centurion in charge. The centurion took heed this time, obeying the voice of God speaking through Paul, and everyone on board was saved. The entire ship and its contents, however, were lost in the sea. Verse 44. When we obey inward perceivings given to us by the Spirit, this will help us to avoid unnecessary shipwrecks and related losses. Chapter 7, Number 4, God's Still Small Voice This is another common way that God speaks to His children. When the Holy Spirit's still small voice speaks to us, it usually comes with specific words in our spirit. It may be a single word, a sentence, a phrase, or a full paragraph of communication. The Holy Spirit speaks these words to our human spirit, and they rise or float upwards into our mind and understanding. We hear His voice in our spirit, where the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of us. Then, as these words float or rise up into our minds, they provide us with a message, instruction, direction, or an understanding on a matter. This is not to be confused with our regular thoughts or words we sometimes hear in our mind. This is usually the voice of our own soul, our fleshly thinking, the world, or our enemy, the devil. God's still small voice comes from inside our spirit and rises into our thinking, whereas the devil's voice speaks to us from outside our person and into our head. Elijah experienced the still small voice of God, and he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. So it was, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle, and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him, 1 Kings 19, 11-13, King James Version. God was not in the wind, earthquake, or fire, but manifested himself in a still small voice to Elijah. God's still small voice will line up with his written word, and is accompanied by supernatural peace. One way to discern the Lord's voice from the other voices of the world is this. The Holy Spirit convicts, leads, guides, directs, prompts, and occasionally prods us. The devil's voice, on the other hand, pushes, condemns, and brings anxiety to our souls. The devil's voice also results in fleshly works, pride, and the glorification of man instead of God. The devil's goal is to get us to place confidence in ourselves instead of God. Why? Because the devil knows that if he can tempt us to miss the mark or sin in this way, it will result in heaven's judgment against us. An example of this is found in the Old Testament. King David was tempted by Satan to number his army. This was a fleshly work and resulted in judgment. Now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. 1 Chronicles 21.1, New King James Version. And God was displeased with this thing. Therefore, he struck Israel. 
1 Chronicles 21.7, New King James Version. We must learn to distinguish between the Lord's voice and the enemy's voice. Obeying God's voice brings blessing, while obeying the devil's voice brings a curse. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4, 6-7, New King James Version. Chapter 8, Number 5, Bearing Witness with Our Spirit. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Romans 8, 16, New King James Version. The Holy Spirit bears witness when something is of God. He is the Spirit of Truth. This goes a long way with the above internal unction and inward perceiving, and every born-again believer has this inward witness to truth in their born-again spirits. An example of this might be when someone is speaking truth, whether from the pulpit or in an everyday conversation. The Holy Spirit will bear witness with our human spirit that this is truth. At times, our spirits may even amen what is spoken before we understand with our minds what has been said. Just the opposite will also occur when error is spoken. The Holy Spirit gives us a check or a caution in our spirit that something isn't quite right. This also may occur before the person finishes speaking, or maybe even before they begin to talk. This is God protecting us. When we obey, we are blessed. When we disobey, things don't go so well. Number 6. Songs in the Night Where is God, my Maker, who gives songs in the night? Job 35.10, New King James Version. God will sometimes speak to us as we sleep by singing in our spirits a song in the night. It could be a song of deliverance, peace, wisdom, forgiveness, victory, encouragement, or faith. Sometimes He even serenades us as His bride, the bride of Christ. When we wake up from an evening of songs in the night, we find ourselves rested and refreshed, ready for the day. This causes us to have God's words in our mouths for the day. Number 7. In our ear as we wake in the morning. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Isaiah 54, New King James Version. Many times while in bed, somewhere between a sleep state and becoming fully awake, God will speak in our ear an instruction, word of encouragement, warning, or direction for the day. This prepares us with His revelation and strategy for victory. The psalmist said, I speak of things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Psalms 145.1 King James Version When we've been in touch with the king, our tongue becomes ready to speak the words of God. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. 1 Peter 4.11 New Revised Standard Version Chapter 9, Number 8, In Our Ear As We Sleep at Night When deep sleep falls upon men, while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. Job 33.16, New King James Version God often speaks to us at night when all the other voices of the world have fallen asleep and our mind is calm. For many of us, this is about the only time God can get through to us because we're so busy with the cares of the world throughout the waking hours of our regular day. 
When God speaks to us in this way, upon arising from sleep, we should immediately get up and write down the sealed instruction given us from the Spirit. If we are lazy and fall back asleep, we will usually forget part or all of the message or think the instruction wasn't from the Lord in the first place. This will cause us to miss God's best in the situation. I recommend a pencil and paper be kept next to your bed each night before going to sleep. We never know when God may choose to speak to us. We should always be prepared to hear from God. And then, when He does speak, whatever Jesus says for you to do, do it. John 2.5 Chapter 10 Number 9 Visions I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Daniel 4.5 God will sometimes speak in visions. Visions can occur while sleeping. Daniel 4.5 Praying. Acts 10.10 Or at any time. John 5.19 Visions come in four main ways. Number 1. Open visions, such as an appearance of an angel. Number 2. Trance visions, such as Peter experienced on the roof of a house during prayer when God showed him four-footed unclean animals coming down from heaven on a sheet, telling him to kill and eat, meaning Peter was to take the gospel to the Gentiles, Acts 10.10. Number three, spiritual visions, such as occur while praying, and the recipient is awake when God reveals his will in a matter, John 5.19. And number four, Visions of the night, such as King Nebuchadnezzar received during Daniel's days. Daniel 4.5 When receiving God's communication through visions, dreams, or other prophetic gifting, it's important to follow the three components principle of interpretation before acting on the message. The three components of interpretation are, number one, revelation, number two, interpretation, and number three, application. Revelation. We must first determine if the revelation is from God, the devil, our flesh, soulish thinking, or too much pizza and ice cream before bed. Once we have confidence it's a message from God, we can proceed to the second component, interpretation. What does this word, biblical symbol, or message from God mean? If we don't have an accurate interpretation, we may have to pray for more understanding from the Lord. If we receive a clear interpretation or understanding, then, and only then, can we proceed to the final component, application, what to do with this information. Proper application includes asking, does God want me to share this message with a specific individual, a group of people, a congregation, a leader, or possibly a nation? Or could God be asking us to remain silent publicly and instead intercede privately in another's behalf? Or is He asking us to go and do what has been spoken, possibly an act of kindness, a deed of mercy, meeting a financial need, or it may be casting out a demon to set someone free through the authority given to us in Jesus' name? He may also ask us to give someone a warning to help avert disaster or he may be sending us to anoint someone who is sick with oil, praying the prayer of faith over them for healing, or some other supernatural release of God's power to his people. The key to experiencing the miraculous is simply this. 
Whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. John 2, 5. Chapter 11. Number 10. Dreams. Acts 2, 17. Matthew 1, 20, 2, 13, 20, and 22. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. Job 33, 14-16 Nearly one-third of the Bible is compiled from dreams and visions given to men, women, prophets, prophetesses, godly and ungodly kings and queens, soldiers, etc. God still speaks this way today, if we'll only pay attention. One key to receiving a message from God through dreams is to put a pencil and paper next to your bed before going to sleep at night. This is an act of faith. When God sees us preparing to receive from Him, He often begins communicating through heaven's language of the night. Then, when God speaks, we put faith into action by writing the dream down as Scripture commands us, Daniel 7, 1, Habakkuk 2, 2, and 3. Then, we can follow the three components principle that we just mentioned to properly interpret and apply what God is speaking to us through pictures, scenes, and symbols. Did you know that you spend nearly one-third of your life asleep? The average person sleeps approximately eight hours of every 24-hour day. Over a period of 60 years, that means you'll be asleep for about 20 years. God wants to speak, to communicate to us while we sleep. Have you been listening? Chapter 12, Number 11 Glimpses in the Spirit, John 5.19 Now we know only a little, and even the gift of prophecy reveals little. Now we see things imperfectly, as in a poor mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me now. 1 Corinthians 13.9-12 Sometimes God graces us with a glimpse of something in the Spirit. This can be a brief image, picture, frame, or snapshot of information that reveals heaven's will on a matter, or warns us of the enemy's plan. When this occurs, we need to follow the three components principle for properly interpreting and applying what the Holy Spirit is revealing in that moment, and then release heaven's will into the earth by obeying God's instruction. God will often grace us with a glimpse in the Spirit to bring us into closer fellowship with Him. Once we receive the glimpse, then we are compelled into His presence for further revelation, interpretation, and application. At times, God will also give us a glimpse in the Spirit that reveals the enemy's plans. He does this to protect us and to fulfill His promise that He will not allow us to be ignorant of the enemy's devices, 2 Corinthians 2.11. Such glimpses help us thwart the enemy's plans and simultaneously release heaven's plans into the earth in their place. Through this avenue of God speaking to us, the result is often God's will being accomplished in earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6.11. In such situations, 
it's important that we cooperate with God to release His will. Otherwise, we can short-circuit God's plans through our inaction, misaction, or anti-action. We can either agree with God's plan on the matter or the enemy's. We can either walk with God or the adversary of our souls. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Amos 3.3 Agreeing with God is the key to displacing the enemy's plans and releasing God's plans into the earth in Jesus' name. Chapter 13, Number 12, Trances Peter experienced a trance vision while he was on the rooftop waiting for dinner. Acts 10, 10 10-16, New King James Version. Then Peter became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and the birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill, and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleaned, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. The interpretation of this trance vision was that God was accepting the Gentiles for salvation. Its proper application was for Peter, a Jew who didn't associate with non-Jews or Gentiles, to begin preaching the gospel of salvation to non-Jews. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Acts 10, 19 and 20, New King James Version. Peter went to the house of Cornelius, and God did a mighty work among the Gentiles. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Acts 10, 44 and 45. Thank God, Peter didn't dismiss this message from God as just being a fleshly reaction to his hungry stomach. Instead, he followed the three principles to properly interpret a vision that we mentioned earlier. Number one, revelation. Number two, interpretation. And number three, application. And the gospel was poured out on the Gentiles. We never fully know what may occur when we properly receive, interpret, and apply a vision from God. While trance visions can come at any time, including waiting for dinner, they usually occur while in prayer. In such situations, God's Spirit causes us to fall into a brief trance, and something like a movie scene opens up in our minds. These experiences are so real that you usually not only see and hear, but also feel and smell everything in the scene, sometimes leaving your body reverberating from the Spirit's visitation. Trance visions are one of the most intense experiences a person can receive from God, often leaving a person shaken for several hours or even days. See Daniel 10, 1-8 and Ezekiel 3, 10-15.
Chapter 14, Number 13, Through Messenger Angels, Acts 27, 23-25, Luke 1, 12-20, and Luke 1, 26-38. As discussed in Paul's experience on the ship, he first perceived things were about to go wrong. Then, after the storm began, Paul prayed and fasted. In response to Paul's prayers, God spoke by sending a messenger angel. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Acts 17, 23-24, New King James Version. Because faith comes by hearing God speak, this angelic visitation empowered Paul to be able to confidently say, Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Acts 27.25, New King James Version. When the centurion obeyed heaven's words spoken through Paul, the plans of the enemy were thwarted, and God's plans prevailed. All 276 passengers were saved. In response to prayer and fasting, God spoke. Paul communicated God's word to the centurion. The centurion obeyed, and God's will was then done in earth as it was in heaven. God still sends messenger angels today because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Messenger angels, however, are usually for special situations such as announcing the coming of Jesus, prophetic warnings for the future, or situations involving life and death. So when you do receive a messenger angel, you can rest assured that it's not just for your entertainment. We are either in the midst of some rough sailing like Paul, or God is preparing us for some rough seas ahead, and His voice is speaking to build our faith, to prepare us for the incoming storm. Chapter 15, Number 14, Visitations of the Lord Paul received a personal visitation from Jesus on the road to Damascus, Acts 9, 3-7. This experience forever changed his life. He went from a persecutor of Jesus and his church to a mighty defender of and martyr for the Christian faith. A visitation from Jesus will always leave you strengthened in your faith and forever changed. The disciple Thomas was changed from a doubter to a faithful believer when Jesus appeared to him in bodily form after the resurrection, John 20, 26-28. After this visitation from Jesus, Thomas was so strengthened in his faith that he preached the gospel all the way to India, where he was eventually martyred at Madras for preaching Jesus as the one true God amidst a pagan nation that worshipped three million false gods. Fox's Book of Martyrs records another example of a post-resurrection visitation from Jesus to the Apostle Peter. In this persecution, among many other saints, the blessed Apostle Peter was condemned to death. Hagasippeth said that Nero sought matter against Peter to put him to death, which, when the people perceived, they entreated Peter with much ado that he would fly the city. Peter, through their opportunity at length persuaded, prepared himself to avoid. But coming to the gate, he saw the Lord Christ come to meet him, to whom he, worshipping, said, Lord, whither dost thou go? To whom he answered and said, 
I am coming again to be crucified. By this, Peter, perceiving his suffering to be understood, returned back into the city. Jerome saith that he was crucified, his head being down and his feet upward, himself so requiring, because he was, he said, unworthy to be crucified after the same form and manner as the Lord was. Fox's Book of Martyrs, The Early Christians, The Execution of Peter, page 12 to 13. To willingly turn ourselves into the authorities when we know we will be sentenced to the death penalty would take a visitation from Jesus. Hearing Jesus speak brought faith for Peter's obedience unto death. Since Jesus is no respecter of persons, he also promises us that if we would keep his commandments, he would manifest or reveal himself unto us. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. John 14:21, New King James Version. This promise is for every blood-washed believer, including you and me. Chapter 16, Number 15, Through Signs and Wonders On the day of Pentecost, Peter said that God spoke to us through signs and wonders that Jesus performed. Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Acts 2.22, New King James Version. In the first century, God continued to speak to the thousands of people through various signs and wonders done through the hands of the apostles, prophets, and evangelists, and even lay ministers such as Stephen. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Acts 6.8, New King James Version. Because of these wonders and signs, many people believed in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Sadly, however, not everyone recognizes God's voice through demonstrations of the Spirit's power, signs, and wonders. Instead, they persecute God's miracle workers and reject the message. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. Acts 7, 57 and 58, New King James Version. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13.8, He continues to speak through signs and wonders today. Some people respond and give their lives to Christ, while others reject the word of the Lord and persecute His messengers. Always remember, a sign points to something greater than itself. For example, if a McDonald's sign says, Free Big Macs, three miles ahead, it would be foolish to simply sit around the foot of the sign, believing that you will be fed at the sign. A wise person would obey what the sign is saying. The sign is pointing to something greater than the wood, the picture, and the paint. In this case, the sign is pointing three miles ahead. All who can read and obey the sign will travel the three miles, get a free Big Mac, and be full. So it is today with signs. We must go to where the sign points, Jesus. If you get signs in your life, don't get stuck at the sign, but obey what the sign says and get fed by the one to whom the sign points, Jesus. Chapter 17, 
Number 16. Through Our Five Spiritual Senses This is one avenue of God's voice that some people experience more than others. Spiritual smell, touch, taste, hearing, and sight take some time to properly recognize. The author of Hebrews tells us how we grow in this discernment. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Hebrews 5.13, New King James Version. By using or exercising our spiritual senses, God will mature us in discerning both good and evil. At times, God will enable us to visually see a spiritual mantle of authority, anointing, or presence of the Holy Spirit on a preacher, teacher, or prophet, 2 Kings 2.15. One example of seeing into the spirit realm is found in 2 Kings. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes, that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. 2 Kings 6.17, New King James Version. The angels were there all the time. God gifted Elisha to see them. Their presence gave Elisha peace and confidence. The young man couldn't see them until Elisha prayed for this gift to be given to him too. When this occurred, the young man's faith level skyrocketed. Angels and demons are around us at all times. We just can't see them with our natural eyes. If we simply ask God, He may open the eyes of our spirit to see them. If this occurs, it will encourage you in your faith and or empower you to deal with the evil. Spiritual sight is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Paul refers to it as discerning of spirits, 1 Corinthians 12.10. Such spirits can be discerned or distinguished by spiritual sight, touch, hearing, and even smell. For example, sometimes the Lord will open our spiritual senses to smell the unique fragrance of the Holy Spirit to confirm His presence. He will also open our spiritual senses to identify unclean spirits, and they usually have a very foul odor. This is why some religions include incense in their services, to cover up the smell of demons who respond to their worship. Distinguishing of spirits will enable you to be prepared for what is about to occur next. Your spirit man has all five senses in the realm of the spirit, just as your natural man has these same five senses in the natural realm. Don't limit God, but remember, we are required to test the spirits in every matter. See 1 John 4, 1-6. This is a part of our growth and maturity from baby lambs to young adult sheep in the Lord. Chapter 18, Number 17. We hear incompletely. Sometimes we only hear a portion of what is needed. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. 1 Corinthians 13, 9, King James Version. I believe God sometimes reveals things to us in part to draw us closer to Him in relationship through more fellowship and prayer. Proverbs says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Proverbs 25.2, New King James Version.
When we seek God for more information, revelation, or understanding regarding a matter He spoke to us in part, He will often help us to find it. It may come through studying more of the scriptures on the matter and the Holy Spirit's quickening of something from the Bible, or it may come by more revelation from the Lord through the various other ways in which God speaks. On the other hand, it may not come until days or even months later. Jeremiah waited ten days for God to respond to him, Jeremiah 42.7. God wants us to persevere when seeking revelation from him. Daniel waited 21 days' time, Daniel 10, 12 and 13. In this situation, the devil's evil angel withstood God's answer. The key here is to be patient and trust God. Don't lose hope if you don't receive an immediate response from God. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, Isaiah 40, 31, New King James Version. Remember, it is through faith and patience we inherit the promises of God. Hebrews 6.12 Chapter 19, Number 18, Through Dark Speech God speaks to most of us in what the Bible refers to as dark speech, meaning the message is not always 100% clear. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will disclose my dark saying on the harp. Psalms 49.4, New King James Version the term dark saying or dark speech indicates a need for further illumination to fully understand the message. I believe God sometimes speaks this way to draw us closer to Him in fellowship before He releases more understanding. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Proverbs 25.2, New King James Version. God doesn't hide things from us but for us, so we can discover them as we search them out. God begins the process by speaking. We respond by seeking His face. God then gives us more understanding on the matter. As stated before, there are usually three components to fully understanding a prophetic word. Number one, revelation. Number two, interpretation. And number three, application. During Moses' day, God spoke with many of the prophets through dark sayings that came in the form of dreams or visions, which needed interpretation. Moses, on the other hand, was God's special prophet and personal friend. God spoke to him face to face. Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision and speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in my entire house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Numbers 12.8, New King James Version. Moses heard God's voice plainly. God spoke to Moses face to face, audibly, as a man speaks to a friend. There was no interpretation necessary with this level of revelation. Whereas with dark sayings, visions, dreams, glimpses in the Spirit, and trances, as mentioned before, we usually have to seek God's face for further understanding, proper application of the revelation given to us. Again, I believe God does this to draw us into fellowship with Him, because He loves spending time with us one-on-one, -on -one, speaking to us, and teaching us the things of His kingdom. Chapter 20 Number 19. We don't hear, but the Spirit 
intercedes for us. This can involve inward groanings in prayer, intercessory prayer, or even praying in other tongues, which is one of the other gifts of the Spirit Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians 12, 7-10. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Romans 8.26 New King James Version Again, this is a faith builder. Remember, faith comes from hearing. Having the knowledge that the Spirit is interceding for us and through us in this manner provides confirmation and peace that God has things under control. Sometimes, He keeps certain information from us because it's too much for us to handle in the natural realm. In such situations, if He did reveal the entirety of the matter, we would become more of a hindrance than a benefit in prayer. Our natural reasoning would impede the work of the Holy Spirit's flow through us. Chapter 21 Number 20 Through Interpretation of Tongues, Our Own or Others we can receive a message from the voice of God through interpretation of tongues privately in our prayer closet or publicly in a local church service. This is another gift of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12.10, and works in conjunction with the gift of speaking in tongues. If you would like to know more about tongues and interpretation of tongues, ask for the free booklet on the subject of tongues from Heart Ministries. Tongues with interpretation is equal to the gift of prophecy in that they both edify and build up the body of Christ. Paul said, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. 1 Corinthians 14.5 New King James Version Tongues with interpretation will not only build up your faith, but it will build up the faith of the congregation too. Faith comes by hearing God speak. Chapter 22, Number 21, The Audible Voice of God God spoke to Moses audibly or face-to-face, -face, Numbers 12.8. Isaiah records these words of promise to believers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way. Walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Isaiah 30, 21, New King James Version. God guides us in many ways, including the audible voice of the Holy Spirit. God's audible voice, however, is usually reserved for situations involving dangers that need immediate attention to preserve life or to prepare us for something that we wouldn't have the faith to stand against unless we heard him speak to us audibly. When he speaks in this manner, it is startling to say the least and can even be terrifying. God doesn't often speak in this manner, but if he speaks to you this way, instant obedience is usually required. Chapter 23, Number 22, Through Animals Can God speak through an animal? Well, he is God of all creation, and if we don't praise him, he will strike the rocks, and they will cry out. If a rock can cry out, why can't an animal speak in a man's voice? This is exactly what happened to the rebellious prophet Balaam. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, 
What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Numbers 22:28, New King James Version. We can't limit God. If it's recorded in the Bible, it's recorded for our learning. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Romans 15.4, New King James Version. I'm not saying we should try to become like the fictional storybook character Dr. Doolittle and begin speaking to animals. But at the same time, if God chooses to speak through a donkey, or a human being we consider to be a type of donkey, we should take heed to the voice within the voice of the one speaking. At the same time, remember, the devil spoke through a serpent in the Garden of Eden and deceived God's children. Therefore, it's always wise to test the spirits on every voice before obeying any instruction. Chapter 24, Number 23, Through Other People God often uses other people to speak to us. Pastors, parents, teachers, wives, husbands, etc. God even speaks to us out of the mouths of babes. Age is not a prerequisite for God to speak through an individual. In fact, the only one of Job's friends that spoke God's truth was Elihu, the youngest of the group. He said, I am young in years, and you are very old. Therefore, I was afraid and dared not declare my opinion to you. I said age should speak, and multitude of years should teach wisdom. But there is a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. Job 32, 6-8, New King James Version. I encourage you to claim the promise from Isaiah. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Isaiah 50, verse 4, New King James Version. God wants to speak to others through you. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 4.11, New King James Version. The key is taking time to sit at his feet and listen. Be prepared to hear God through the words of other people, bringing refreshment from the Holy Spirit and the Father's heart. Everyone enjoys giving good advice and how wonderful it is to be able to say the right thing at the right time. Proverbs 15.23, The Living Bible. Let's not forget that the devil speaks through people also, false prophets, false teachers, and even friends and family members. Job's wife spoke the very words of Satan during their time of trouble. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold to your integrity? Curse God and die. Job 2.9, New King James Version. Test the spirits on everything you hear. You have the Holy Spirit of truth. Rely upon Him to confirm or refute whatever is spoken to you through others as you continue to grow in Christ. Chapter 25, Number 24, In Response to Our Own Idols This one startles me. God will actually allow us to be deceived if we come to a prophet of the Lord with idols in our heart. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. 
Should I let myself be inquired of at all by them? Therefore, speak to them, and say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Every one of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart, and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity, and then comes to the prophet, I the Lord will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols. Ezekiel 14, 2-4, New King James Version. Said another way, God will give us the answer our own idolatrous desires are crying out for, leading us into a bad relationship, business deal, or other decision to teach us a lesson. Because of this, we should ask God to reveal any hidden sin in our lives first, and then seek Him for revelation. He will then cleanse us from any idols, things we desire above the Lord's desires. King David prayed, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Psalms 19, 12, and 13, New King James Version. King David made some mistakes, but because he continued to go before the Lord for cleansing, the Bible records he was a man after God's own heart. Acts 13.22. I want to be recorded the same way. This can only come through seeking God in the same manner as King David did. Otherwise, we will be full of idols, and God will send us strong delusion that we might believe a lie. 2 Thessalonians 2.10-11. Scripture says the only reason God does this is because we received not the love of the truth, verse 12, in the first place. As you move forward in your desire to hear from God, first begin by repenting from any unconfessed sin. Ask the Holy Spirit to remove from you any secret faults and presumptuous sins. Then move forward in faith. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 1 Peter 5.5, Revised Standard Version. Chapter 26, Number 25 through false prophets, to test us. Again, God will test us in our commitment to Him by allowing false prophets to prophesy an accurate sign or wonder that actually comes to pass. Then, the false prophet will tell us to follow after other gods, false gods, to lead us away from Jesus. If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder of which he spoke to you comes to pass, saying, Let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments and obey His voice, and you shall serve Him, and hold fast to Him. Deuteronomy 13, 1-4, New King James Version. Also see 2 Chronicles 18, 1-25, where God sends a deceiving spirit to become a lying spirit in the mouths of all Ahab's prophets, to lead him to his own destruction in battle. Staying focused on Jesus and His Word will enable us to pass the false prophet test every time, and empower us to deliver others from following false gods that cannot save.
Chapter 27 Conclusion God speaks in many ways. In fact, Scripture also records God speaking through parables, Matthew 13, 1-52, riddles, Ezekiel 17, 2, music, Psalms 49, 4, puns, Matthew 23, 24, supernatural handwriting on the wall, Daniel 5, 5, showing of hard sentences, Daniel 5.12, dissolving of doubts, Daniel 5.12, conundrums, Psalms 49.4, and signs in the sky, Acts 2.19. When testing the spirits with all revelation we receive, it is imperative that we remember that God's spoken voice will always line up with His written voice in Scripture. God never speaks anything that doesn't line up with the 66 books of the Bible. However, God has no problem speaking something that is contrary to our own interpretation of Scripture. Remember the Pharisees? They studied the Scriptures daily and then rejected Jesus, the Word made flesh, when He arrived on the scene even though He clearly fulfilled the very Scriptures they had studied about His coming. Since we have their lives as a warning example, let's not make a similar mistake. Instead, Let's always remain open to receive the voice of God speaking through the agent of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth that Jesus said He would be sending to us for this very purpose. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority. But whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. John 16.13, New King James Version the Holy Spirit is communicating the very words of Jesus to us in various ways every day. Let us continue to seek God that we might more accurately and effectively hear His voice amidst all the other voices of the world that are constantly vying for our attention. Once we know it is God speaking to us, may He enable us to obey what He tells us to do. Remember the key to unleashing the miraculous. Whatever he says to you, do it. John 2.5, New King James Version Chapter 28 Seven Keys to Properly Hearing God The following is a brief listing of seven biblical keys to properly hearing God. Utilizing these keys will help place us in a better position to hear from heaven. Key number one, dwell in His presence. As we cultivate the presence of the Lord in our lives, we become more aware of when God speaks. This often occurs naturally as we spend consistent time with Him in devotions. This may begin with 15 minutes a day at first, then develop into 30 minutes, then 45 minutes, and finally an hour or two. This devotional time may include singing unto the Lord, worship, devotional reading, study of Scripture, and prayer. As we spend consistent time in His presence, we will find that true prayer with God is not just a monologue, a one-way communication, telling God all our problems, petitions, and needs. Genuine prayer is a dialogue, two-way communication, God speaking back to us and imparting His love, truth, plans, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, as well as correction and instruction. See Psalms 91. Key number two, focus on God's purposes. 
As we cultivate a deepening commitment to the purposes of God, we position ourselves to receive prophetic revelation from Him. Amos 3.7 says that God will do nothing except He first reveal it to His servants, the prophets. Part of David C. Herobedian's being prophetic is being a servant of the Lord. A servant's highest goal is to see his master's purpose succeed. Before we go out each day, we should first ask him to reveal his plan and our part in helping him accomplish it for the furtherance of his kingdom. This is why I believe Jesus was able to say, Most assuredly, I say unto you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. John 5:19, New King James Version. Key number three, ask God continually. The Lord desires to give us the kingdom, Luke 12:32. Like any parent, he loves when we are eager and hungry to help others. If we ask the Lord for prophetic revelation to minister to others more effectively, he will often respond by speaking to us. See Colossians 1, 9-13 and Jeremiah 33, 3. Jesus told us to ask, seek, and knock, Matthew 7, 7. In the original Greek language the New Testament was written in, these three words are what is referred to as the present imperative tense. The present imperative tense denotes a command to do something now with a constant, repeated action in the future. This means that Jesus is not only directing us to ask, seek, and knock, but to do so continually. This passage could be better translated, ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be opened unto you. Matthew 7, 7. Asking God continually is a powerful key to receiving from the Lord. Also see Jesus' example of the persistent widow, Luke 18, 1-10. Key number four, grow in love towards others. God's spiritual gifts are given so that we can effectively minister Jesus' grace to others, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. True discernment is a byproduct of godly love, Philippians 1, 9. The Bible says, Faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6. And as we grow in love for others, we are positioning ourselves to receive prophetic revelation. Asking God to fill us with a deeper measure of His love for others will help expedite this process. We are more effective in reaching people with the gospel when our love level is higher than their issue level. When approaching someone with a more difficult issue, Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with a level that exceeds the person's issues, and you will minister to them out of an outflow of the Father's love for them. Key number five, do a body check. Whenever entering a meeting or ministry situation or talking with someone, remember God speaks through all five spiritual senses, spiritual smell, touch, taste, as well as sight and hearing. Because of this, it's wise to do an initial body check. What I mean by this is that God may be giving you an impression in your spirit, soul, or body. If this occurs, you will be ready to hear God speak through this avenue of communication while ministering. Making yourself aware of your total being and being open to God using impressions to get your attention and then speaking to you about a person or situation can greatly enhance your effectiveness in ministry situations. Key number six, 
Seek God through prayer and fasting. Isaiah chapter 58 promises us that prayer and fasting will release God's answer to our cry. Verse 8, and that the Lord will guide us continually. Verse 11, additionally, Jesus told his disciples that certain things can only be accomplished through the combination of prayer and fasting. See Mark 9.29 and Matthew 17.21 King James Version. Fasting not only strengthens our spirit to hear from God, but it also weakens the voice of our flesh. It's like having two radios in the same room playing different stations. Turning up the volume on your spiritual radio and turning down the volume on your fleshly radio will enable you to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit more easily. And key number seven, become a lover of God's written word. The Bible is our more sure word of prophecy. 2 Peter 1, 19-21 If we love God's written word and feed our soul on it, we will begin to grow in our sensitivity to His spoken word as well. This will also enable us to hear Him more clearly when He communicates through dark sayings or in riddles that need interpretation. Numbers 12.8 King James Version When we are faithful with God's written word, the Holy Spirit will illuminate our understanding and bring into remembrance all things that God has spoken to us. John 14.26 I encourage you to seek God daily through His written word and trust Him to add all these other things unto you over time. He who is faithful with little will be given authority over much. See Matthew 25.21 By making these seven disciplines a part of our lives, we will begin to grow in our sensitivity to the various ways God speaks. As we grow, we will be amazed at how clearly we can receive revelation we previously didn't notice. When we begin to more consistently recognize His voice, we can then begin developing our ability to interpret the prophetic revelation or information we receive. Then we can begin asking God for wisdom, for proper application and benefit for those whom He has given us revelation and interpretation. Chapter 29 Final Prayer Over You from David Harabedian Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to speak to us 2,000 years ago. Jesus, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to guide us personally into all truth so that we might be changed into the image and likeness of the Son of God. Holy Spirit, tune the ears of my spirit to hear you when you speak whatever you hear from Jesus. I ask you to make it so clear not even a fool could misunderstand. I thank you for telling and showing me the things to come, as Jesus promised you will. Today, I ask you to teach me personally by the school of the Holy Spirit that I may learn to hear and obey the voice of God. I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you richly as you become more and more sensitive to His voice. May God change you and then change the world around you. By the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' mighty name. Chapter 30 Each day, various kinds of voices contend for our attention. Some voices have our best interest in mind, while others have another agenda. We often hear the familiar voice of friends, family, and at times the voice of an enemy. Some voices are external. Other voices are internal. From outside, we hear the voices of people, music, news, politicians, 
marketing ads, and even voices that speak into our minds from the invisible realm, both angelic and demonic. From inside, we hear the voice of our own thoughts, imaginations, fleshly desires, and even the joy and pain that speaks to us from our own soul. Some voices encourage us, others discourage us, some flatter, some accuse. Whether we realize it or not, we are bombarded by different kinds of voices all day, every day. Each voice vies for our attention. How do we distinguish which voice to listen to? History records many wars have been won or lost based solely on the voice of an advisor or friend. Business deals, career choices, relationships, health decisions, marriage and divorce, and much more are affected by the voices we give attention to. Question. Which voice influences or advises you? The most important voice is the voice of God. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significance. 1 Corinthians 14.10 King James Version Once you learn to recognize and obey God's voice, all the other voices become secondary echoes in the game of life. By hearing and following God's voice, you will begin to experience victory in all that you put your hand to do. God will walk with you, direct your paths, and make your way fruitful and prosperous. In addition, His peace will fill and flood your soul. He will reveal heaven's strategies and expose the snares and tripwires of hell. As you walk with Him, He will make your way straight, and your enemies will part like the Red Sea as you walk through to victory. You will grow in your faith and walk stronger and stronger. You will increase in authority. Your words will become His words, 1 Peter 4.11. He is a supernatural God, and when you walk together, you partner with heaven, and your life will be endued with supernatural results. You will reveal Jesus. You'll become His representative in the earth. Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1.27, New King James Version. Jesus with skin on. This is His goal for you. You will become a conduit to release His goodness, wisdom, power, provision, love, hope, healing, and at times, miracles to others. Mark 16, 17, and 18. And you will never be the same. Is this something you want for your life? Do you want to learn how to distinguish the right voice from the wrong? Dr. David C. Harabedian's book, Seven Different Kinds of Voices, will instruct you how to recognize the proper voice and ignore and discard the others. This begins your journey of how to accurately hear the voice of God, the one voice who truly wants the best for you. Hearing His voice brings freedom. Chapter 31 About the Author, Dr. David C. Harabedian guilty as charged. Those words used to haunt me, but not any longer. I heard them loud and clear from the judge. I didn't pass go, and I didn't collect $200. This wasn't Monopoly. This was the feds who play for keeps. I was arrested with a stolen jet, and I was headed to jail for 20 years without parole. Considering how I was raised, 
How did I go so far down the road of darkness that I tried to steal jets for the Colombian cartel? What possessed me to do the things I did? We've all been prisoners in one form or another, whether it's a physical, spiritual, emotional, relational, mental prison, or even a religious one. Whether incarcerated or free, bondage comes in many forms, sometimes apparent, sometimes not. You may secretly be wearing the shackles of shame. Others may be successful in their jobs, but are privately held captive on their computers in the lockdown of lust. Another could be stuck for years in the underground of unforgiveness, held captive by condemnation, trapped in the dungeon of depression, or even bound in the bastille of bitterness. Whether it's the penitentiary of pride, the handcuffs of hatred, or something else, there is hope and freedom. I am living proof. Although I made many mistakes, I am humbled and encouraged to have learned firsthand that God chooses to use each of us in spite of our past, our habits, and even our strongholds. I think of Jacob, Joseph, and David in the Bible, all who had many rough edges, yet God used them mightily. He wants to use us all. Out of dozens of amazing moments where I've been privileged to see God honored, I've only included those the Holy Spirit highlighted to tell the true story of my rebellion, redemption, and the miraculous journey for myself and others into God's glorious freedom. I chose to write in short vignettes to highlight what God was doing to bring freedom to me and to capture men's hearts during the almost 20 years and in the nine different facilities where I served. Over 75% of prisoners end up incarcerated again, often pursuing him is the only thing that keeps prisoners from returning. Whether I was behind bars as a free man in Christ or out of prison, also a free man in Christ, I saw God going after my heart and always after others. God has a miraculous life of freedom for each of us, and He wants to use us wherever we are for His glory. Although some in the body of Christ don't believe in or rarely experience miracles, I was taught by my mother that God said it, and that makes it final. I believe that healings, visitations, hearing from God, and all that I read in God's Word is meant to be normal, abundant life, and that is the journey I've experienced. My reason for writing this book is to help inspire you to take your own journey to freedom. Dr. David C. Harabedian. This was a part of David's autobiography, Jet Ride to Hell, Journey to Freedom, one of 15 books David has written in the series Freedom from Bondage. David and his wife Joanna are co-founders of virtualchurchtv.com. They live in Orlando, Florida. David is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Joanna is a writer, singer, a prophetic psalmist. Together, they host a weekly TV broadcast called In His Presence, where all things are possible. David teaches, and Joanna plays piano and sings. People report receiving encouragement, deliverance, healing, and a tangible presence of the Lord while watching these programs. 
To download their ministry mobile app and access their ministry on demand, visit virtualchurchmedia.com. Virtualchurchmedia.com. Through the generous donations and prayers of people like you and their sister ministry, Heart of America Prison Ministries helps provide leather-bound study Bibles to inmates on a waiting list of more than 2,000 prisoners. Heart Ministries was originally received through a vision from the Lord while David was sitting in a prison cell in 1990 awaiting sentencing. During David's incarceration, God answered his mother's prayers and Jesus visited him. David's life was forever changed. Shortly thereafter, David received the gift of a leather-bound study Bible in the mail from a former prisoner. For the next 20 years, David spent three to five hours a day in this Bible, learning more about God's love for the world. His heart's desire now is to see others arrested and transformed by the same irresistible love and power of the Holy Spirit that transformed his life. To learn more about how you can help change lives or to donate for Bibles for Prisoners, visit heartprisonministries.org. Partnering with them to help raise 12 disciples a year through their Bible a Month program can be life-changing for the prisoner as well as for the supporter. Visit heartprisonministries.org to learn more about how you can be the answer to someone's prayer. Virtual Church Publishing is the media subsidiary of virtualchurchmedia.com. Their primary purpose is to provide ministry resource materials that will enable others to hear the voice of God, empowering others to fulfill God-given destinies. For additional teachings, ebooks, videos, spiritual development materials, music, ministry updates, and more, please visit these sites, virtualchurchmedia.com, heartprisonministries.org, or davidharabedian.com.